Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we help growing companies, especially manufacturers, improve their people, process, and planning systems so they can scale smarter and faster. Joining me today is my friend Chris Michelle. Chris is the founder of CM Consulting. Chris helps business owners in the home services industry increase their sales by creating processes, metrics, and KPIs. Chris is also an author, and it's his book, The Red Chair Experience, that we'll be exploring today. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Chris and I know each other in a multiple settings, and I'm looking forward to maybe sharing a little bit about that as we get into this this podcast. But I introduced you, Chris, as someone who helps businesses uh, with sales. I trust, therefore, you come from a sales management background. Can you share a little bit about that background? I do, Mike. I have over 30 years of sales experience and probably uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 plus years in the sales management or general management or even operations management um, category. So I've done a number of things along those lines as well. So yes, I've, I've been doing this for a minute, as they say. You have, and I know a bit about your success in that role, but from your perspective, you've been doing this for a long time. What's the biggest thing that companies get wrong, things that they really need to change in their sales efforts? Gosh, that's a loaded question, Mike. There. <laughs> Didn't mean it to be. No, no, no. It, well, so it, I'm going to take the typical HR response. It depends. So <laughs> it depends on what's going on with the companies. But I mean, there's a number of things that people fail to do. But the biggest thing I see, especially with the smaller to medium companies, is they don't have a sales process. Mm. And this owner or the the um, the CEO, the president, right? This top line person is feels responsible, feel like they have enough of an understanding of sales, and that they lead the sales team, and so they're leading this team without any metrics, without any key performance indicators or KPIs, right? They they have nothing to measure, and so they're they're doing this based off of kind of their gut, which no offense is kind of a dangerous way to move with sales. So they don't have these things in place or they have these versions of them in place that are kind of a little bit off center, right? When, when we're not focused, then we can get off track. And when we get off track, that's where things going to go awry. Mm-hmm. So with that being the, the case, how do business owners come to the conclusion, gosh, I need Chris? You know, Mike, it's like anything that that, uh, we do in our lives. It's good when we do it alone. It's better when we do it together, right? I mean, Mm. better together. Great. Uh, Simon Sinek wrote that book and other people have talked about that too. But it really comes down to when we realize we need people in our lives. We need someone else to help us get that 30,000 foot view and detach from what we're doing, right? When we're in our business, we can't see the forest for the trees. We can't see what's going on. And when we bring in a, a life coach, a personal coach, a business coach, a sales coach, an HR coach, right? It doesn't matter what type of coach that you bring in. You need to have somebody with a fresh set of eyes and a fresh perspective to come in. So when people realize that their sales are slacking or that they could be doing so much more, that's number one, right? When you, when you 
kind of step back and go, I'm missing something or I really need some help in this. I think it's, we could use some help in this particular area. And so why coach Chris? Well, it really comes down to my years of experience and the things that I bring to the table, right? In that the, how do you overcome the, the objections? How do you build the value? How do you develop a process and, and work with that process? And how do you develop these metrics or these KPIs? And how do you do these things that are sales related that will help to drive your business? That's why you use me. And, and because I have these experiences, because I, I've done these things, I have the experience where you might not have that experience, right? Or we know several people that own their own businesses, right? And they're trying to do this and they feel like, oh, I've got a good enough handle on it. Well, good enough may not be where you want to be. In your sales role, when you begin working with clients, in what ways? Are you advising them? Are you helping build processes and maybe a sales force? In practice, what most typically happens? So yes, to every single one of those things, right? So depending on who I'm dealing with and what's going on, one of the first things I do is, is I give people a 30 or 30 minute or even a 60 minute consultation, right? Let's sit down and see where you're at. I want to know what's happening in your business, where you're at, where you want to go and, and what does this look like? When I do that, I get a pretty good sense of they need a process, they mm -hmm. need metrics, they need they just need training or coaching on their performance, right? How do we get better at our demos or how do we get better at our presentations? How do we get better at our scripting even, right? Sometimes it's our scripting that keeps us from doing things. I was talking to somebody earlier today and we were talking about uh, how do you follow up with people? So great example, right? We're so conditioned. We go, hey, Mike, this is Chris. I was just following up. No offense, but you know, when you see my number, when you see that email, when you see that text, when you see that communication coming from me, your first thought is, oh crap, I haven't gotten back to him or, oh crap, he wants to talk about, right? You mm -hmm. know why I'm calling. So that's the worst thing in the world you could do is say, hey, Mike, I'm calling to follow up. But we're so conditioned to that, right? We, we're so used to saying that, oh, I just want to let you know I'm following up. Thanks for the heads up. Now, what do you want, right? And mm -hmm. so people don't answer the phone because of that or they don't answer the emails because you're just following up you haven't asked them for anything you really haven't asked them for anything so instead how about you uh, attach it or uh, attack it from this perspective which is hey mike this is chris and i was thinking about you today and i read this article where i saw this video and i remembered you had brought up how you like pink elephants and you really wish that there was more uh, integration of pink elephants into our world. Well, here's a video I saw about how people are integrating pink elephants into the world. Check it out. If you have any questions, let me know. Look forward to talking to you soon. Now, did you feel any obligation to, to number one, call me back? Well, no. you're giving me something I didn't, uh, not necessarily, but you, what right. caught my attention is, Chris, you don't know how much I'm into pink elephants. Right. But what I do know is when I listened to you and I had a conversation with you, you had mentioned pink elephants two, three times, right? You had mentioned this thing. And so that's one way to approach it is, hey, here's something for you. Wait a minute. My first thought is he was thinking of me. 
mm. and of something I really like or something I really enjoy. He's bringing value to me. The other piece of that, and, and I've heard this in terms of leaving voicemails, a simple a simple twist on the old, you know, hey, I'm, I'm calling a follow up is, uh, hey, Mike, um, this is Chris with uh, Coach Chris Consulting, CM Consulting. I'm, I'm calling because I ran across something that I think is super important and I think you and I could both benefit from it. Give me a call back at your earliest convenience. Here's my number, click, right? Now I've called you to an action. Now, if you think that that has enough value for you to call me back, you'll call me back, right? But am I wasting your time? No. And I, am I saying, oh, I'm just following up? No. And I may be following up, you should be following up, but you're following up with more value. You're bringing something to the table that your competitors aren't. Your competitors are calling to follow up. Hey, I'm just checking in on you, Mike. Just want to see how things are going. No, you don't, you don't, no offense. I don't have time for that, right? We don't have time for that. But, and that's why we're seeing so many more touches are important for following up anywhere from five to I've heard as high as 30 mm. number of touches needed to get people to respond to you or come back with you. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it, the number of touches has really gone up, but those touches could be a text. Hey, I was thinking about you here's check out this uh, video about pink elephants, right? Hey, uh, here's an email, Mike. I was reading this article today about pink elephants. Thought you might really like it. Right. Again, I'm, I'm delivering value to what you're trying to do. I saw this article on small business sales managers and uh, what to do with them or how to how to work with them or what do you do with a new sales manager, right? Somebody may call me and say, Chris, I'd like you to work with my new sales manager. They've ne they have no experience. I'd like them to get on the right track. Hey, here's an article about new sales managers and how to work with them and how to, you know, how to help them out as an owner or right, whatever. So those are things that we can do that kind of separate us and, and make us a little bit different, right? And helping these businesses out. And, and that is what I think about when I'm having conversations with people is, okay, what can I do to contribute to what they're trying to do? Cause they're trying to move their business forward. So I'm constantly listening to what their struggles are, what's happening and where they want to go. And then we can formulate a plan and work together and see if that makes sense. Chris, I do want to get to the book, but I want to follow up on some things you just said. And that is, I, I heard the term adding value, and that is differentiate yourself on, on any and all the touches. And you've pointed out the number of touches that may be required is more than people realize. But when you add value, in practical terms, you're not just adding the same value to every follow-up. You're doing something that's more personalized. How do you keep up with what you did i know you use some type of tracking tool um do you note exactly what you sent uh, how do you keep track of everything you've done to add value there's a lot of great crms out there customer relationship management tools right that can keep track of these things um, i used to use pen and paper and hmm. then i used um, an excel spreadsheet and eventually i got around to doing a crm now most salespeople do not like crms because now I have to do data entry and I have to do this, do that. Well, there are CRMs out there that will track your emails. So you know what you what you sent to them. They'll track your phone calls, right? So, hey, you called Mike today. Do you want to put a note in there? Did you contact him? Did you leave him a voicemail, right? Did you do all these things? So the one in particular that I use does that, right? And so after every phone call, 
that I do or that I receive, there's a, a screen that pops up for my CRM and it says, did you contact them? Did you leave them a message? Did you, was it the wrong number? What, what happened, right? What happened with this call? And so I have a chance to put notes on every single one of them. Do I mm. put notes on every one? No, it doesn't. But there are certain people that if I'm trying to do business with you, I want to put a note in there because of the hundreds and thousands of conversations I'll have between now and the next time I talk to you, I need to have some notes. I need, I, I think my mind is pretty good. I used to play a game with, uh, with one of the people I used to work with before. They'd be like, hey, I've got this lead and you went out and saw this customer and, and here's their name. And that's all she would tell me. And, and, and her name was Lori. And I was like, Lori, Mr. And Mrs. So-and-so, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, um, they're, they're in Marietta, Georgia. And uh, this is the house. It's a two story with this and this and this, and it's a brick outside and right. And they've got this fence and they've got a dog and they've got two kids and right. And we play this game and she'd be like, how do you do that? How do you remember all of those things? Well, a lot of that stuff I can do but a number of those things, I need reminders. I need to put it in a, into some sort of a, a way to track it because if you're not tracking it, you're not measuring it, you're, you're not able to remember it. And so you could have found out some very valuable information, pink elephants, for instance, right? And now you've lost it. This is excellent. I introduced that we're going to talk about the books. We probably need to transition to that. But um, for those who are looking um, at this on YouTube, I'm holding up the, the book. I have not just the book. Um, I actually have an autographed copy of, of Chris's books. But let me just kind of read that. It reads, The Red Chair Experience, Daily Inspiration for Success in Life and Business. And as you would expect, there is a, a red chair pictured on uh, the front. Um, so in terms of how we might want to kind of talk about it, um, what is the red chair experience? Oh, so in the beginning of the book, there's an introduction and then there's the red chair and, and it gives a description of what it is. So it is a physical red chair. It's a red leather recliner that has been passed down from um, a couple of different owners. The first owner was my stepfather who was my business mentor for a number of years and he passed away in 2016 but this was his chair this is where he went and, and when he got home from work this is where he sat right and so when he passed away in 2016 my mom took the chair and moved it to where she moved when she uh, when he passed and she sold that house i then helped her to move that chair over to my younger brother who lives in indiana back in 2018 and so uh, he had a chair needed to be replaced. She's like, do you want this one? He's like, absolutely. So we took it over there and I gave it to him, right? I, I helped present it, you know, give it to him. And we lost him uh, to suicide in September of 19. And so my sister-in-law, my niece and nephew um, asked me if I would take the chair because they, it, it was too much of a reminder of him. Mm -hmm. It was really hard for them to see that chair. So they redecorated the house, moved some things around and, and moved the chair. And so I said, yeah, I'll take it. And so it's my place that I go to sit in the mornings and do my reading, my meditating, praying, uh, contemplate the day's events, right? If I'm journaling, if I'm, if, if I just need a place to go and relax, I'll go sit there and even have previous, a conversation with the previous owners, right? So it's my place to go and kind of feel feelings, 
and uh, understand what's going on right now. Where am I at and what, what do I need to do? What's my direction for the day kind of thing. And so the Red Chair experience, the book became this about this place that we go. And so you may not have a red chair. You may have um, you may have a view off your back porch that overlooks a lake or a stream or the, the ocean, right? Whatever. That's your go-to place, right? You may go out on your bike every day and uh, or go out for a run every day. You may go blah, 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 right? You may go to the mountaintop. It's a place for you to go and have an experience. And, and it doesn't need to be this, you know, mind-blowing, oh, my gosh, I've, I've discovered this this that. no it's a place for you to go and in my words be present to ground yourself and to really get a hold of where you're at and where you need to go for the day and maybe it's to dream and maybe it's to, to let your mind wander about what you want to do and where you want to go with the direction of your business or your career or your whatever right it's that's what you're doing and that's what that red chair experience is about that's powerful. I did not realize the red chair was a recliner. <laughs> yes. Do you use it as such, or is it always sitting upright? Very few times. I will sit in it occasionally, and, and I'll, I'll remind myself, hey, it's a recliner, so sit back and relax, and I do. I'll prop it up. Yeah. So you're stressing the importance of having, if not a place, a process that allows you to to stay or regain a sense of, of grounding. The, the book is um, laid out, whereas there are daily entries. And these daily entries, I've, when you sent me this book, Chris, it was one of these books where I didn't feel like, you just don't sit down and just read it. Um, it really, it can serve in a variety of, of capacities. Um, but the fact that you have these as daily inspirations, and I love the way you kind of did this. You open each daily entry with a, a relevant quote, and then you close each entry somewhat with a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I was naturally drawn to the themes that you picked up on, so this may not be a surprise to you, but if you go to an entry that you entitled Stuck, would you well, mind go to that? I was going to I was going to uh, pull a, a fast one on you and say, OK, Mike, what's your birthday? Well, what if I'd I said, know, I know the what answer. if I <laughs> it truly is coincidence. Um, is, uh, it, my, is it? Yes, it is, because you didn't know that was coming or did you? Maybe you did. But in that wonderful. So, so I'll give you I'll give you a hint. No, um, this particular one was not a plant. I have Easter eggs throughout the book, what I call Easter eggs. So just like in a movie, right, there's little uh, uh, nods to certain people or certain things or right, uh, something shows up here that was in another movie, blah, blah, blah. So uh, no, this one was not necessarily a, a, a nod to Mike, though it really works out to be a nod to Mike because your birthday is July 29th and it talks about stuck. And so it, uh, if you don't mind, I'll read this real quick. Please. So, the quote, whenever I get stuck on something, I'm like, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? What would I write if I wasn't afraid? What would I say in this situation if I wasn't afraid? And the quote was by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. When I jumped into this, um, and, and like you said, the, the, the middle of it, the context, the meat of this is maybe a personal experience. And this is this particular case it is. So it says, I was speaking to a friend of mine 
the other day and telling him about a direction I was considering with my business. We both know that person, by the way. Yes. Mike, you and I both know that person. I have been operating under the understanding that I should have a broad spectrum and serve any type of sales client. I was feeling uncomfortable in my business and I could not figure out why. I mentioned it to my friend and he said, maybe you should focus on what you know and the industry that you came from for the past 17 years. It made sense and I needed to hear it because I was stuck trying to help too many people in too many different areas. It became clear I was speaking to someone I just met. It became clear as I was speaking to someone I had just met on the phone. I was getting input on how he was doing his business and how that compared to mine. And I mentioned how I was thinking about creating this niche for my business. He said that it was perfect and he was excited for me that I found a niche for my business. He said he wished he had one and he was working on it for his business, which he had begun, which he had been doing for years. I knew at that point that I needed to finalize that decision and focus on my attention, all my attention on my niche clients. And then, as you said, this challenge or the gentle question at the end is, are you feeling stuck today and not sure which direction you should go? Ask your friends, your family, a personal, a person you met for the first time. Ask God in the universe. Help is out there waiting to be asked for. Mm. So I, I look at these things and, and yeah, a lot of it's personal experience, right? That I, I happen upon, but um, I don't think it's a coincidence that your birthday and the word stuck happen to be on the same day. Well, I love what you wrote. I love the quote and I love, I think you called it a gentle challenge. Actually, that's our other friend, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Kathy Svetina uh, shared that as uh, as a review for the book. She said, it's like uh, you, you go grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and you sit down and it's, an, it's a gentle nudge from a friend. It's a gentle question from a friend. Have you thought about this? And I've been, I, thank you, Kathy, for that. I've literally taken that on and everything I talk about now when I mention the book. It's it's the gentle nudge. It's that, that friendly prodding question from from that friend that close friend that says hey have you thought about this now i don't want to distract this podcast but the way chris and i first met each other is we had a one-on-one i think we connected on linkedin and in that conversation you began saying hmm i wonder if mike would benefit by knowing so and so and so and so and you kind of convened a group and that group has been together now for over a year. It, uh, it gathers via Zoom uh, about every three weeks. And because of the, the powerful illustration you've given in this book and what it represents, we've actually called that group the Red Chair Council. And you've already given a shout out to Kathy as a, as a, a member. Um, you've referenced yet another member uh, in this one call, uh, we're only lacking one more, and we've got the whole the whole group. So <laughs> Do you want to go ahead? And, yeah, so go ahead. Terry, Scott, <laughs> Kathy, Mike, and I. Now, it, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm so thankful for that week, that last week in January of 21, hmm. when I met all of you guys. And uh, it was literally the week before my father passed when I met everybody and, and I sent out the email. When I met Scott, Scott was the last person I met. And so when I, I 
talked with, I was having a Zoom with Scott. And when we were having this conversation, I said, I want to create a mastermind because I'd lost my stepfather, like I said, years prior. So I was, I, I'd been longing for wanting this mastermind mentoring, whatever you want to call it, group. And so when I met all four of you, I was like, this is it. And, and I wrote down and I've shown it to you, but I wrote down everybody's name. I said, I want Mike, Harry, Kathy, Scott, I want you guys to be in this group. If you're, if you're up for it, I would love for this to, to come together. And literally what, two, three weeks later, it was like, uh, February, end of February that we had our very first meeting. Now I'm not narcissistic and <laughs> it was not my idea to call the group, the red chair council. Uh, in fact, it was, I think it was yours or Scott's idea that, that you guys were like, well, why don't we call it the red chair council? And, and I reluctantly was like, if you guys want that, that's, that's great. I am honored that you feel that way. But so many things in my life are really about this red chair, right? It's, it's about the red chair council. It's the red chair experience. It's right. All of these things are coming about as a result of this red chair. And so I love that, that it's becoming that right And this, this whole thing is this book has really kind of thrown a whole new persona into existence and I think I mentioned this to you before, but Mike, this, this book, as I realized over the last month, that really this book was written to 10 years ago, me, mm. and I didn't realize it at the time, but it just really kind of came to fruition as I was talking to people. And I realized it as, as you experienced, and you and I've talked about this, there's a depth to it, an emotional depth to it that if you will, 10 years ago, me wasn't fully aware of and, and understanding of. And so what's happened is I've, I've come to understanding through these things that are happening in my life and have happened since all of this took place, right? And, and through the process of writing the book, I came to this understanding about the emotional side of, of me. And now I'm seeing how there are so many more people like me that need this help with the emotional side and, and kind of I'm not dragging them in, but saying, hey, Mike, have you thought about this? And Mike goes, Oof, wow, yeah, that's that is something that's been kind of gnawing at me or nagging at me or, or that I've had thoughts on. Maybe I should pursue it. That's what this is happening. That's what's happening with this, right? This book is taking on this persona of it can help people that, you know, where I was 10 years ago. So it's speaking to this crowd of people that, that have this gap in their life. That's this emotional piece that they're trying to figure out right and so the depth that comes from the book and the things that i got to see and through conversations with you and scott and harry and kathy and others like you it really started to form this 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 thing and the book is a direct result of you know you guys as much as it is me it's my experiences but you guys are a part of that too and like I said, there's there's things in here. I don't call anybody out by name per se in the book, but I do mention things and people and experiences that took place. And it really is a it's it's a nice journey and a nice long ride, you know, for people to kind of come on. And by the way, I still read this book every day. Hmm. I actually do. And it's not from a oh, what did I have to say today? It's uh, what can I learn from this today? Right. Hmm. So like you mentioned earlier the the excerpt from today what a you know great little piece to put in and i i learned from it today i was like oh you know what i need to be reminded of that 
So I do try and do that. I, I don't, again, I'm not reading it for, um, you know, my own pat on the back. It's I'm looking for something to inspire me. And that's one of the four books that I read every day. Chris, I feel very fortunate to be able to say that uh, this podcast has had thousands of downloads. And as I've got to learn from folks who do take the time to listen to these podcasts, here's what I'm finding. Uh, It's typically decision makers. And it seems as if the higher you go up in the organization, the more sense of isolation there is. And you add to that this pandemic and how really separated many of us kind of felt. Um, I go back to your mastermind group. You thought, let's bring this group together and let's see what happens. What's amazing is that we, with the exception of two of us, that happens to be you and me in one state. We're both in the state of Georgia. Uh, We've got representation in Illinois, New York, Florida, and with the exception of you and I, which we've had a chance to have dinner together in person, we've not met in person. Right. But over that year, um, bonds take place. And uh, the conversations, these are all business owners uh, sharing, learning from each other. To many, ex- ex- you know, if you just think about what's kind of unfolded, and I know you know this, yes, I suggest that calling it the Red Chair Council. But what I'm realizing is that we have formed our own version of a virtual red chair. There's a place for us to go to. It's on our calendar. It's on a fixed schedule every three weeks on a Friday at 10 o'clock. And I know that I'm going to be with like-minded people and I'm going to learn. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to be held accountable if I've said something that I said I was going to do. And what I would say is in today's climate, if our listeners are not part of some type of group, this would be uh, an encouragement. Uh, it's a twofold encouragement. One, order the book, read the book, use it not necessarily to sit down and read it from cover to cover, but read it the way that it was intended, a daily reflection because it applies in so many different ways. The second is if you're not part of a group, it could be a group of two or more, my encouragement to those who are listening, who are watching is find a group. Find a group that you can feel a sense of connection to. And I'm actually reading the autographed copy you put on here, and and I, I just love this, and that says, you wrote, here's finding your red chair and using it often. And so that's that has been meaningful to me. I wanted to share that. And I'm, I would love to, if you don't mind, I'd like to cover a couple of things while we're on this podcast. One of the things I'd love to do is, given your years of experience, 30-plus years, uh, working with business owners, helping them with sales-related matters and beyond, can you reflect on a time where either you or a client got stuck? And what did it take to get unstuck? Sure, uh, actually one of my clients that I'm working with now, they, they're they a serial perfectionist like myself. Mm. And so as serial perfectionists, we get stuck, right? We get into this rut and we think, I can't do this until I do that, or I can't do this until this is perfect. And 
I would encourage you if you if you struggle with that perfectionism or this this as I call it the serial perfectionist mindset, take a step back and and say it's good enough for now. It's good enough for me to move forward and be okay with that. He was stuck with his business and he's like, I really want to use you, Chris. I really want to use you. I really want to use you. But let me get to let me get through. Let me get right. Let me get this in order. Let me do that. Right. And what happened was um, I'm trying to think. I came down with COVID pneumonia in, mm. in April 21. Mm-hmm. And I was in the hospital for a week. And I was talking to this person. We we were not uh, doing business together yet. And he's like, I, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. I came out of that. And we had a couple more conversations. And he said, you know what? We just need to use you. We just need to get off this hump and, and move forward. His business since then, it's been you know about a year that we've been working together now. Um, his business is he's seeing leaps and bounds in his in the progress of his business, because of some of the things that we've discussed and some of the things he's been able to implement as a result of having some outsider, right, take a look at his business and help him to kind of push forward. And it's been gentle, right? I mean, at first, it was like, we're flat, we're, you know, year over year, we're just the, and then it was like, literally, all of a sudden, it just went like this. Hmm. And it's still moving like this, right? I mean, we, we were just talking earlier and his progress is, it's starting to take on a whole new world, right? And he's like, holy mackerel. And now he's talking about things that, you know, a year ago wasn't even part of the conversation. It's like, he's like, now I need to do this or I need to do this. And I can see the dream and the vision, you know, of, of him just kind of going, oh, okay, the roof is off. Now, where are we going to go, right? And so often we get people that are stuck under this roof. They go, ah. I just, I can't, I keep hitting my head. Right. And when he, the thing that, that helped him was I, one of the things I said to him was, listen, this is never going to change and it's never going to be perfect, but you have to decide when you're ready to make this move. And when you're ready, this whole thing will open up for you. And, and it's become that for him. It's been amazing. It's been fun to watch actually. Been a lot of fun. That's a great uh, example. Um, I'm reading another book by John Acuff called Soundtracks. And one of the things that he tries to get across is that um, if you do suffer from that perfectionism, you have to accept that sometimes it's going to be messy. And particularly when you have momentum. And I think the expression is momentum is messy. And that is got to learn to let go of that perfectionism. But if you are willing, in this case with your client, he said yes. Mm-hmm. And in saying yes, it has changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, is it a little messy? Absolutely. And that's okay. Right. And, uh, you know, between my book and some other projects I've been working on, right. I, I literally have to step back and go, you know what, this is good enough for right now. And one of my, um, one of my favorite movies, serendipity, is um, there's a movie line from that. And you, Mike, you know this about me. I'm, I'm a movie line fan. So in the movie, um, the, the girl is trying to figure out what she should do. She's stuck on this kind of decision, what she wants to do. And her best friend says to her, you're out here pursuing uh, Mr. Right or Mr. Mr. Good or yeah, Mr. Right. And Mr. Good enough for right now is right here, <laughs> right in your face. Mm-hmm. And her friend was stuck in the world that we get stuck in, which is 
which is sometimes we go, oh, let me just settle for this. And I'm not saying that, don't settle for things, but sometimes it's good enough for us to take that next step and go, okay, now I can take this step. Now I got to get out of the way and move forward, right? I need a coach. I need a, I need a mentoring group. I need a, right, an accountability partner. I need to take that next step. And that next step is, okay, it's going to cost me a little bit of money or a little bit of time or a little bit of both, right? But I need to do this to get better. And we all do. And, and so I, yeah, I love that, that sometimes we just have to say yes. Mickey Singer, by the way, Michael Singer uh, wrote a book called The Surrender Experiment. I don't, I'm looking at my books right here. It's not right here. But that, that was one of the things that kind of opened up my mind to that was it's, um, it's called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer, Michael A. Singer. And it weighed through it. It's a good book. But the key there for me was be open to the things that are happening around you. And don't be afraid to accept some of the things that are going on because you just never know where they're going to lead. Chris, as you kind of reflect on this conversation, it's been pretty far ranging. What would you want to be the takeaways that we have? Oh man, um, I, I think the biggest thing for for everybody is number one: how do we become more understanding of who we are and where we are? Right in finding our own red chair experience. What are you doing to better yourself today? And and we get caught up in the the how do I be, how do I be better than Mike? Well, Mike's not my competition. Chris is my competition. I'm my own competition. So how do I better myself today? Better than I was yesterday, right? So, so part of that is becoming aware of who you are and where you're at and what's going on with your life, right? So how do I better myself tomorrow or today versus yesterday, right? And then number two is if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have a, a, an accountability partner, if you don't have a coach, like you said, get one. Get somebody involved in your life that can give you a different perspective. By the way, it should not, cannot uh, be your spouse, your uh, significant other. It can't be somebody that is close, that close to you. They have to have perspective. And usually perspective comes from somebody that's not in your, in your day to day. And so those are, those are two things, of course, by the book, but no, uh, but the other piece of it really, I think is um, look for people that are smarter than you and get them involved. Mm. All great suggestions. Chris, if people are listening or watching to this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get you? Um, the best way to find me is you can go to coachchrisconsulting.com. That's, okay. my, that's my web. And if you, uh, you can find all my contact information on the Contact Us page. The, um, if you want a signed copy of the Red Chair Experience, you can go to theredchairexperience.com and order your signed copy here in the United States. If you're outside of the US, I encourage you, go to Amazon. If you like digital copies, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart has them. I mean, everybody has has a copy of my book now, which is kind of cool, it's kind of weird. Mm. But, um, but if you, yeah, if, you, if you're not necessarily interested in a signed copy, go ahead and get it from somewhere else. But pick up a copy, find something to, you know, read on a daily basis but those are the best ways to reach out for me uh, and to contact me chris i was looking forward to this it was a little hard to get on your calendar you're so in demand now but i'm glad you worked me in thank you for sharing your expertise for sharing your passion and sharing your heart with us today absolutely mike 
I appreciate the time. And, and like you said, we've spent time together. So I'm, I'm glad we got the opportunity to sit down and do this. And now we've got something to preserve it with, right? That we do. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. We upload the latest episode to Apple, Google, and Spotify every Thursday. So if you've enjoyed this episode with Chris, which I'm sure you have, please subscribe. So I have a question for you. Are you ready to solve those nagging people, process, or planning problems that are slowing your company's growth? If yes, let's schedule a quick discovery call. You can go to our website, bench-builders.com, or simply type unstuck.show in your browser. So I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you've picked up on some tips from Chris that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.